Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,422. Today we're going to be talking with a gentleman who's in charge of, well, an iconic legend, a publication that all of us automotive enthusiasts know about called Hemmings. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Jonathan Shaw. Jonathan, or Jono as your friends call you, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Mark, I'm ready to burn it down here. Uh, <laughs> thrilled to be on here and thrilled to talk to the people at Cars Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun here, especially talking about an iconic, legendary brand, that we all know and love as Hemmings. But before I introduce you properly and we dive a little deeper into what you're doing there, I always like to ask this question. Kind of sets a tone for who you are. What's one thing that most people don't know about you, Jono? Uh, I think it would be that, you know, if, if I wasn't in Hemmings uh, and in business in general, uh, I would be off the grid. I'd be behind the wheel of a big big diesel tractor out on a ranch somewhere in Idaho. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'm not suited for a desk. It's not really my personality. I, I get recharged by, by working with my hands and being in nature. And, and that's what I'd be doing if I, if I wasn't doing this. Well, this is very interesting because you're kind of at the opposite end when you have this this image of somebody running a a company like Hemmings that is known as, you know, we all called it the Bible, the big book, and so much more now and changing even more. But the fact that you'd love to be out doing that, but I think that's a healthy thing. I, I know a lot of friends in retirement that have kind of gone that way. They bought a piece of land. So I've even got some friends who've bought some cows and building fences and just out doing things with your hands. So I, I can relate to that. I come from a farming family. My dad grew up on a farm in Texas, and uh, it's a different lifestyle, but it's kind of healthy too, right? Keeps you busy. Oh, absolutely. It uh, keeps you mentally and physically fit at the same time. And, you know, I, I used to, when I was younger, just I, I would Work, be working so hard with this goal of getting out and doing that. And, and honestly, I, I feel blessed now that I'm in a job that has made me slow down a little bit and, <laughs> and appreciate appreciate where I am. I'm, I'm not in the hurry to get there that I, that I probably once was. Well, there you go. Well, allow me to give you a little more proper introduction here. Jonathan, or Jono, as his friends call him, Shaw, is the president of Hemmings, where he and his team are celebrating their 70th anniversary. He's been the president of Hemmings since March of 2020. And like many automotive enthusiasts, he grew up in a hot-rotting family with Hemmings on the table in the house. Jonathan consulted with Hemmings back in 2019 to build and launch the Hemmings auction business, and that ultimately led to being named president. I guess they liked what you did, Jono. His career has included time in digital media strategy and production, community building, and technology development in media and e-commerce. Jonathan is excited to help lead the team at Hemmings as they take the brand into the future for enthusiasts like you and me. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Buckle up. We'll be right back. Great. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Ajano, we are back. So what I want to do first is go back a little bit in time before you got to Hemmings. Talk a little bit about what brought you to Hemmings, what you were doing before, and maybe even a little bit about this history of the hot-rodding family that you grew up in, because obviously you love cars, maybe tractors too, but, you know, anything that rolls on rubber I tend to like as well. And then we'll dive into what Hemmings is doing with this ah, monumental anniversary, brand relaunch, and all the different things that Hemmings is going to, and it's becoming in today's very modern world. So take it away. All right, Mark, before I joined Hemmings, I was with a company called American City Business Journals, which is which is now the the parent company uh, to Hemmings. Also, and right after I graduated from the University of Alabama, roll tide, got to get that in there. Big win over over LSU, and I was uh, left Alabama, a little Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and moved to New York City. Was working for Advanced Condé Nast, a, a large uh, national multinational media corporation, doing some M and A work up there after I graduated. And one of the things that uh, American City bought at the time, which is part of Advanced was this little NASCAR social network called Rowdy.com. And Rowdy was way ahead of its time. It uh, was a podcaster, uh, and this was back in 2009. Oh, wow. Uh, They were podcasting. They were creating daily videos. They were one of the first daily video sources that was up on, on YouTube, as well as producing on their own channel on the dot-com platform. And then there was this vibrant community of user-generated content of people who were going on and blogging about, you know, NASCAR, what was happening, the racing, their experiences. It was a really neat business to kind of get into. And that was my first exposure 
to enthusiast communities and how strong people's enthusiasm for their personal interests, where they spend their time and their money and their desire to meet like-minded people. That was really my first exposure to that. And being at Hemmings now, you know, for a period of time, I was back in the B2B world after Rowdy. Being back at Hemmings has put me back in, in an enthusiast brand, an enthusiast community in the automotive aftermarket and the collector car world. It's really awesome to take the things I learned way back in my early 20s, being applying them again right now later in my career. Very cool. I love it. Well, and you also said you grew up in a bit of a hot rodding family. Was that your dad, your mom, uncles, grandparents? Yeah, so it was both uh, my grandfather, Ray, and my dad. So my, my grandfather, Ray, and I, uh, he, he shared his passion and love of cars with me. And we worked on his 1932 Deuce Coupe, oh, wow. his 1956 F100, his all-original 54 Bel Air. He was a, an American iron hot rodder to the <laughs> T. In fact, funny story, I never at the time understood when I was young as 56 F100 was powered by a Chevy 350 that was hopped up. It had a Corvette rear end. And I didn't like the Frankenstein, right? I didn't yeah. understand. Yeah. I didn't understand at that time that that was hot rod, yeah. right? It was the mix of parts to achieve performance and drive. And it didn't matter who the manufacturer was. It was all about what the product actually did when they were all mated together. And, and I get that now. And now... I love the truck more since he's passed it on to us. I love the truck even more now than I did then. So you get it. Yeah, that it maybe isn't so much a Frankenstein, which you think about the story Frankenstein was kind of made up of bad parts. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was the opposite of that. He was taking the best of a bunch of things and making it even better, which is, of course, what hot rodding is all about. And then I was going to add, you know, my dad was a muscle car, you know, person growing up in the, you know, being in college in the 60s and 70s. He had Mustang Mach 1 Fastback, Tri-Power GTO. Hmm. He longs for those cars now. He would love to have them back uh, and, and wish he had never sold them at the time. And I think from a dollars and cents perspective, he would have been well served to, to hold on to those too. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we all have those sob stories. That's a, that's a question I used to ask people. What's the car that get a, got away? And I had so many crying people on the show. I took that off the show. It was just too distressing <laughs> and reminded me of the cars I let go that I wish I hadn't as well. But that is the way it goes. Well, let's fast forward up to today in Hemmings because most of us, I mean, at least the guy of my generation remembers this big, thick book, the green book that you would get in the mail every month. And you'd scour every page looking at all the cars for sale and all the stuff you didn't even know that you wanted. Wanted, and now you wanted it because of Hemmings. But time has changed a lot of things. And I would love for you to talk about what this anniversary means to Hemmings and the brand relaunch that you guys uh, have put out there. And what can we expect to see in the coming years? Because, uh, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, everything's changed, hasn't it? Yes, it has changed. A little bit of history on Hemmings. You know, back in 1954 in Quincy, Illinois, Ernest Hemmings produced a four-page pamphlet on the, the, the thinnest paper you've ever seen at the time. Think of the old Yellow Pages book. Uh, and mailed it to a 100 of his friends who were buying and selling Model A and Model T parts. He saw this need to create a collective space for this community of enthusiasts to join together 
and be able to help each other in their pursuit of the collector car world and, and be successful in it. And, and really, to this day, 70 years later from that original pamphlet, here we are at Hemings with the same goal. Our mission is to uplift and grow the collector car community, both from the B2B side and the businesses and the service providers we work with in this world, but most, most certainly the community itself, the customer, the hobbyist, the people who are in the driver's seat every day. Day, uh, and spending their time and resources here. We want to uplift and grow that group. And we take the same big tent approach that everybody is welcome, regardless of your experience level, whether you grew up in a family and learned how to do things from family members, out of buying, sell cars, et cetera, or you're brand new and you saw a car driving down the street for the first time and you said, oh my gosh, that 57 T-Bird is amazing, but I know nothing about them. Where can I go to find out? We want to be that place. We want, we want everybody to feel welcome. It can be a daunting experience trying to get in into this world in the collector car community. And we want to dispel the myths. We want to eliminate all of all of the reasons you wouldn't come in and, and have fun here because it's really about being a hobby industry. It, it's all about, you know, people smiling and enjoying themselves and finding a place to spend their free time. Oh, absolutely. So when you think of old school Hemmings is that big, thick book that would come in the mail. And of course, things have changed. The automotive world has changed and mostly the digital world has radically changed. And we've seen it put some print publications basically out of business because people, I don't know, there's maybe a variety of reasons why. But for Hemmings, you guys have evolved and rolled into what is new and what's happening, including a brand relaunch, which probably in some ways raised some eyebrows. In other ways, people went, yeah, okay, you're still going to be around. What does that brand relaunch look like and what does that mean to you guys? Yeah, so we've we spent the last year or so working on new brand colors, uh, you know, new brand iconography, typefaces, logos, our tagline driven by drivers. We spent a lot of time working on it and it really came back to focusing everything against, you know, why are we here? Who are we here to serve? And it's the drivers at the end of the day that that kind of fuel and, and, and inject the passion into our world. And we really wanted to strike a balance between, you know, putting together a brand package that would drive into the digital age, but still pay homage to the brand and what we what we've been about for 70 years. And I think we nailed it. It's really, really hard to do. I have an amazing team around me, uh, an amazing group of folks who helped us get this over the finish line and launched actually last week at, at SEMA, which in, it includes, you know, new math heads and cover pages on all of our magazines. It includes, you know, new visual appearance on our .com site, Hemings.com. It was an incredible team effort. And I think we nailed the balance between, you know, creating something that would take us into 24 and for the next, you know, decade plus from the digital aspect of the business, but work across of all of our traditional products and our print products. And I, I, I probably need to underscore here that even though the landscape has changed, Hemmings is not ceasing the traditional products that we still print the big book, uh, Hemmings Motor News. We're going to print that until the printing presses aren't in existence themselves. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we've got we've got our Hemmings Classic Car magazine and Hemmings Muscle Machines magazines, which are still doing 
doing great as well. So print is going to remain a key part of our business. We've been very fortunate to find the right economic balance in those books that allows us to continue to serve that product. But as you mentioned, the world's changed and how people consume media, find information has changed. And, uh, you know, it's no longer... You know, they call it the, the push or pull method. It's no longer uh, that everyone, some people are, a lot of them are, are going to a newsstand and pulling your title off the shelf. Now it's you've got to push yourself into their news feed. You've got to push yourself into their social, into their inbox, into uh, their feed on YouTube. You know, wherever people are are, are consuming uh, collector car media, we want to be there and be available and be a resource for them. And and that's what we're focusing on right now to, to lead us into, into the future. There's the media side of our business, and then there's the marketplace side of our business. In the media side, we're focused on being a guide and a resource. Uh, we call it edutainment, if you will. I love it. We want to educate everybody and entertain them uh, at the same time. On the marketplace side of the business, obviously, the collector car marketplace has exploded uh, over the last couple of years, Uh, and it's become mainstream again, which has been really, really fun. We've seen, obviously, prices change dramatically. There's numerous new outlets out there uh, in in the collector car marketplace space. What we're focused on in, in our marketplace, and it kind of ties back to that big tent approach and being welcoming and easy for everybody to use, is our marketplace services bundle. Yeah, you know, we call it the frictionless marketplace, and the services we're building under that, and spent the last two years building to launch. We have a valuation product, so you know people don't know either what they should pay when they're buying or or somebody inherits something or is given something, they have no idea what the value of that is. We have a personalized valuation service that we'll go through with our tenured researchers. They look at the car, pictures of the car, the description you give them, they pull real market comps and you get this really nice PDF form sent back to you with the current market value of your car. We integrated a shipping product into the marketplace. Uh, We've introduced an insurance marketplace with four major carriers throughout, you know, the collector car insurance world directly into the marketplace. You know, and this was born out of when I first got in the business uh, in, in 2019, was sitting with our customer service group and just listening for a couple of months of all the things that people called in about. How do I do this? Do you have a recommendation of someone who does this? And, and learning, okay, what are all the barriers to entry and exit for somebody in collector car, in the collector car world to buying and selling? And how can we produce services through a trusted brand like Hemmings to eliminate those barriers? And and I'm really thrilled about the marketplace services bundle and the frictionless marketplace that we've developed. And we have uh, two more major products to come out uh, at the end of the year this year that are really going to kind of wrap all, all of this together for us. Wow. Well, when I look at your new site, it's spectacular. I love it. And it takes you back to what Hemmings originally was, but there's just, it's like a one-stop shop. There's so much there. And for you listeners out there that perhaps maybe like me that always thought of Hemmings as just this one big book, go check out 
out the website. It's easy, Hemmings.com, and I think you're going to be there a while because as you go through your uh, your top line bar here, buy, sell, resources, and then the drop downs, it just it just keeps going and going. Entertainment, magazines, you guys even have a podcast, all sorts of things, and most importantly, the community of what's going on in places and around places. It's it's really fantastic. It's like a giant puzzle that you put all the pieces together for us for, which uh, cannot have been a difficult task for you and your teams. Can you give us any little uh, hints to what these new and upcoming offers are going to be? Because we're almost at the end of the year. You have a chance for a scoop here. <laughs> um, let's let's see. Well, I would say just think of think of the pain points. You know, if we already have valuation, if we have shipping, if we have insurance, what are the pain points if you're if you're buying or selling a car peer to peer? Uh, you know, what, what do, what are other service providers in other areas of automotive, you know, offering from, from that space? And, and you mentioned going, going online, you know, to Hemmings.com. I would also say download the Hemmings app, Hemmings Marketplace app. It is the absolute easiest way. We launched that last March. It's got over 30,000 users on it right now. Users spend an average of about seven and a half minutes, uh, with, uh, on the app every time they open it. So they clearly are lo- loving what they're doing on there and there's over 30,000 cars for sale from you know 14 million dollar Delahays that were owned by the king of Morocco to a couple hundred dollar project cars we've got something for for everybody in a really easy way to to research them well it's cool and uh, as my kids love to call me the old boomer um, those of us who are getting more and more into these apps and how they work and I played around with your app is very easy to use so I'd encourage you uh, listeners to give it a shot give it a look and uh, if you're afraid of any of this new technology just click buttons you can't break anything it works it's easy to use you know John I'd love to ask you about who perhaps has been what I call a driving inspiration in your life? Somebody that's been very influential, maybe a key mentor and what that meant to you. Sure, absolutely. Um, I have been blessed and, and I'm extremely fortunate to have an amazing dad. My father in business was an entrepreneur. He built a successful business and then eventually made that really difficult transition from being a founder to being a business builder and scaling his business. And, and eventually after selling that business, really focusing in on being a leader within that business and is still, still there today. His compassion empathy and admiration for the employees in his business is a guide for me and how I approach leadership in my attempt to be a servant leader for the employees at, at, at Hemmings. The other, the other thing that he was really and still is great at is being an entrepreneur and now an intrapreneur. Um, you know, you don't have to be out on your own to build or, or create you know, an amazing business. You can be a strategic leader within an established business. Uh, and, and that's what I think I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm bringing, you know, an, an entrepreneur's mindset, being an intrapreneur at Hemmings. And, and that's what I think is making us successful in the relaunch and redevelopment of this 70 year old brand right now. Wonderful. That's not a term you hear very often, intrapreneur. And I think it's great. It's a really important concept, an aspect of leading a team and uh, making things a success. And no doubt this transition of an iconic brand was challenging. And I wonder if you could maybe talk about one big challenge that you guys faced that looking back was painful, but you're you're glad you went through it because it taught you a really valuable lesson. 
Sure. I would say last year we had an inflection point for us where we were getting ready to throw an event in New Orleans. And all of the effort that we had put towards the event was not yielding what we wanted to see. The registrations weren't where we wanted it. We went out on a limb. We were trying to do an event in the off-roading 4x4 space, uh, which is not kind of what people think about with Hemmings. We're not, not really synonymous with that yet. And, and ultimately, based on where we were, you know, the, the most important thing outside, you know, the most valuable part of Hemmings outside of our employees is the brand. And we had to make a, I had to make an extremely difficult decision at the time and, and essentially admit defeat. And we decided to, to postpone the event and not hold it. Wow. And that hurt. It, yeah. it felt like a, it felt like a personal failure uh, on my part. It really made me understand the gaps in my knowledge of how to throw an event, how to gain notoriety for an event, and really understand, too, where the brand was strong, what verticals, you know, we had an audience we could rely on, uh, and where we did not. You know, you can learn a tremendous amount from your successes if you're retrospective about them and understanding why it was successful. But I've learned just as much out of my failures. And I'm happy to say what that really painful lesson taught us last year at Hemmings, we are coming back this year. And in 2024, we're going to host four Muscle Palooza events across the U.S. That's our drag racing and car show event mm -hmm. at different drag strips in California, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. Uh, and then we're going to throw our two-day 70th anniversary event as well. So, you know, we, we took those learnings, understood, you know, where, where we went wrong. It was a really tough pill to swallow for me. Uh, and I know my employees were really beat down about it as well. Uh, but we went back, looked, you know, dissected the game film, if you will, of where we went wrong. And uh, feel like we're going to come out this year swinging uh, on the event side of the business. You know what comes to mind when you talk about that? <laughs> Boy, that was a brave, brave decision. Yeah, I've been in a sim similar situation. Is that great photo of somebody digging a hole and not knowing when to stop and get out and perhaps reevaluate and start another hole before they get so deep that they can't get themselves out of the hole? Um, and that's a hard thing to do. So I, I can't imagine the um, introspective thoughts and conversations that went on with you and your team of when you finally have to pull that, that cord and go, okay, we're going to do something different. We're going to change things, come back differently. So, And, you know, it was going to be a bad experience for the people who were paying money to go there. And we didn't want them to feel like we had led them astray. Mm -hmm. uh, it was going to be a, a potentially, you know, negative look on the brand. Uh, and, and we, we weren't where we thought we were in that world, in the event world. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled this year to bounce back. Uh, and, and come out with some really great events for everybody. And I think we're, they're going to be very successful and, and I'm excited to be hosting Hemmings events again. Uh, you know, we used to run large events, at, uh, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, I'm excited to get back out in various parts of the country with the brand and, and interact with the enthusiast collector car community. How about a special vehicle that's been in your life, one that really has stood out for you? And why did that stand out? Why was it so important? So this was a hard choice for me, and both are Jeeps. I had two that I was really at the, on the fence of, of trying to figure out. My earliest automotive memory was 
1989. I'm four years old at the time. And I remember, and this is one of my earliest cognitive memories. I remember my parents had, had bought a, a piece of land outside of Charlotte that was way out in horse country. And I remember climbing myself up into their 1989 Grand Wagoneer. Gold on the outside, beautiful wood paneling, and the inside had this lush corduroy burgundy interior. That That's one I've always fallen back to. But I also want to say my my 1999, my first car, I bought a 1999 Jeep Wrangler TJ that had the Land Runner package, crazy fiberglass body package that I think Motor Trend described it as part Jeepster, part Hummer, but it was built <laughs> on top of the of the TJ chassis. And what I loved about that and, and think about that is I learned how to build. You know, I learned, okay, here's where you need to focus on the enjoyment of the car. I, I, you know, I bought a loud exhaust system and put an, you know, air filter on and did these funny things and put a, put a lift kit on it. And I should have re-geared it, right? I should have focused <laughs> on the running gear and yeah. done the things that people wouldn't see or hear yeah. to make it a better driving experience. So I kind of think back on that and really learned a lot about the the automotive parts aftermarket and just, oh my gosh, coming off of SEMA and thinking about my experience back then, the automotive parts aftermarket is massive. Oh, so many incredible. companies building, making so many parts. It's, it's really a special place. Well, we've all seen that person that uh, gets their first car and they do, I'm guilty, uh, guilty here too. Yeah, you do all the stuff you can see and you don't think about the stuff you can't see. And sometimes that stuff you can see messes up the original engineering of the stuff you can't see. And then you realize, why right. does this car drive so weird? What happened? You know, it's, uh, it's always the first thing. What can I do to change the telemetry of the car? I'm like, well, the engineers that designed this did a pretty good job. Maybe you should just uh, drive it for a while and not mess right. with it until you understand it a little bit better. You know, I like to play car psychologist and crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Ooh, uh, I would I would have to be a truck, first of all. Right. Uh, trucks are, are purpose built. And, I, and I'm kind of a purpose driven person. But I would say probably opposite of Hemmings. Uh, so this will be a little odd. It'd have to be a modern heavy duty truck. So in, in a high trim level, right? So business on the on the outside in a nice package, but the running gear and power to get the job done. So like maybe a a GMC Denali HD or a, or a new F250 Platinum uh, edition. That's who I am. Very good. I always also like to talk about philanthropy a bit or giving back. And when I think about Hemings Motor News and all the things that, there's an old word, Hemings Motor News, Hemings now. Uh, see, I'm going <laughs> back to my roots here. Uh, all the things that Hemings has done over the years for us automotive enthusiasts, and, and mainly in my mind, it's provided a link to resources. You mentioned this earlier, but that's how I view what you guys are, the legend that Hemmings is. Is that how you folks at Hemmings view yourselves as a someone who gives back the hobby? You know, in our in our mission to uplift and grow the collector car community, we see that, you know, kind of in, in two different functions. One is certainly, yes, the, the people that underpin, uh, you know, this community. But, but two, from our B2B business, it's how do we create a, a platform in which those businesses can be successful through Hemming's ability to generate large amounts of audience, both in our print products and online and help people find those services. 
services. It's kind of it's it's also why we you know in our new marketplace services we've made several of those uh, underpinned with numerous marketplace providers. You know, our in in our shipping product, there's numerous carriers that are involved in in you know being part and quoting for that marketplace. In the insurance marketplace, you know, there's four major carriers right now uh, that are part of part of that with the opportunity to grow and bring on additional insurance providers. And so, yes, you are exactly right, Mark. You know, Hemmings is here to support and grow the businesses that underpin this wonderful community and and all the service providers. We have over 500 partner dealers in our marketplace right now. That's a growing number as well. And I'd also say internally to Hemmings, you know, it's not lost on me that there's over 100 people here, you know, working for the brand and and working for the betterment of the company that rely on Hemmings to feed their families and and pay their mortgage. So, you know, from my perspective, my first responsibility is to ensure their future employment by evolving Hemmings and and making sure we stay relevant across all platforms and we're serving customers uh, across all platforms. And and in turn, that stability for our employees allows them to focus their efforts on helping their communities and volunteering and going to automotive events and welcoming more members to this uh, amazing community. Nice. So I always like to ask us about great books. And what I'm going to mention first, of course, are Hemmings Magazines, Hemmings Motor News, Hemmings Classic Car, Hemmings Muscle Machines, uh, great resources, great reads, obviously, for you listeners. But how about great books, a book or a couple books that you found very useful and entertaining and enlightening? Sure. Uh, I picked two books for today, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. That's going to be kind of my my business pick for Hemmings. I rely. I've read this book so many times and taken so many notes. I'm almost at the point where I have to get a new copy. <laughs> uh, but but that that book is is really about who the hero actually is in your company, and the hero of the story is not you, and it's not your brand. I think we get very your leaders can have a tendency in companies to get very lost in making themselves. The, the focus or center of attention. Your brand needs to be about being a guide and your customer is the hero. The really simple analogy for that is, you know, we at Hemmings want to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. We want our customers to be Han Solo and we want to teach you, you know, how to use the force, oh, right? I yeah. think I got that right. I no, may, you did. I may have just messed up that analogy. <laughs> you, you did. I, I, I find it brilliant and it's also true. Years and years ago, a company I was part of, we were trying to determine some aspects of how to grow the business and so forth. And we hired a consultant to come in. And the very first thing he asked us that relates to this was, why do your customers buy from you? And the answer, our original answers were all more us focused instead of mm-hmm. them focused. And he used a great analogy. He, he looked at me and he said, are you a polo player? And I said, what? He said, do you play polo? And I said, no. And he said, well, then why do you have a shirt with a polo pony on it? And I said, oh, it's a Ralph Lauren shirt. Kind of nice. I like him. He goes, yeah, but why do you wear that shirt? Long story short was the feeling that it gave me. Why do we drive certain cars? The feeling that it gives us. Right. So forth. So he taught us to focus more on that. It, it was part of our mantra at the time, the brand. And yeah, uh, I love it. Building. I've not read this book. I've got to get it. It sounds wonderful. And you mentioned a second one. Yes. So my my personal choice uh, right now, I read this book last year, is Burn the Boat by Matt Higgins. 
Um, it, it's a it's a book uh, that really helped me understand not holding back, uh, giving a hundred percent of myself to my goals. Essentially, uh, you know, it, there's the analogy to Cortez, and when Cortez landed on the shores, uh, he burned the boats because there was no Plan B. They were either going to be successful in victory or die in defeat. There was no in between. And I just, I, I love that visual. And it really helped me kind of scrap the little things that were holding me back from achieving what I wanted to achieve and, and give a hundred percent of myself while I'm here, you know, on my, on, on the job, uh, to making Hemming successful. Love it. Two books that I believe have not been recommended here. So I love the fact you're bringing some new reads to us uh, here at Cars. Yeah. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome references there. Let's go on the ultimate thank drive. You. You're welcome. Uh, I like to enable people by sending them on the ultimate drive. So I'm going to buy you any car in the world, park it in your driveway. You can take it on a drive anywhere, but even more importantly, you can take somebody with you even somebody from the past is no longer with us which opens up a world of unique opportunity so what does that ultimate drive look like for you sure uh, and, and i know i you know audience probably wants to pick someone you know they need to pick somebody they know that's that's relatable <laughs> so yeah I, I thought i'd start this by kind of putting together a little scene setting of who this who this person is so this young man grew up on a dust bowl farm in the middle of the Great Depression in Oklahoma. He was one of six kids. They had nothing. Uh, we're, we're talking collard greens for dinner seven nights a week, if they had that. But terrible malnutrition, a, a really bad situation. This individual worked their way from being a tight boy in uh, which, you know, if you remember the old printing presses, they actually set letter by letter type. <laughs> hot type. Yeah. Hot lead type. Yeah, that's right. They were called type boys at the time from his first job as a type boy, as a young man. He went to uh, join the army uh, when my father was born and uh, to, to feed his family in the middle of the Korean War. Uh, he used the GI Bill afterwards to go to the University of Oklahoma, work two jobs, one with the Associated Press. And when the Associated Press gave him the opportunity to, to move up, he dropped out, of, uh, dropped out of school and focused on his career and his family. And eventually, this person became the COO and president of Dow Jones in New York. So from, from a Dust Bowl farm of nothing, to being the president and CEO of the largest media company in the world at the time. Uh, that's my grandfather. Wow. Uh, and uh, I'm incredibly blessed uh, to have spent the time, time with him uh, that I had. Uh, he passed away uh, right before I, I got married in 2010. So we've been missing him for quite a while. Uh, I would go with Ray Shaw on a drive uh, through the mountains of Vermont. Uh, so that he could see Hemmings, uh, because there's there's a great story here. If you got time, I'd love to tell it. Yes. So when I was 13 years old, uh, my grandfather had seen the obituary of Terry Eric, who owned Hemmings at the time in in uh, I believe it was the New York Times. He grabbed me on a Saturday, and we flew to Vermont, and I had no idea what we were doing. He said, "Hey, we're going to go look at some some really neat cars," and that was not unique, right? We had done these trips before to go see cool cars. Little did I know that we were going to go around with uh, Terry's brother, Perez, who had taken over the business, and he was looking at buying Hemming. 
And I sat outside in an office when I was 13 years old in our Bennington headquarters, which is still there now. And I, I think the actual seat I sat in is still there oh outside of this office. Wow. And while they were negotiating for uh, the purchase of Hemming, uh, and it's just this surreal full circle life moment that here I am as, wow. as the president of this business. It's really special to me. It's very personal. Oh, sure. no kidding. Oh my gosh. What a story. I appreciate you sharing that. That is absolutely wonderful. And, you know, typically at this point, I would say, well, you're going on this drive with, with Ray, your grandfather. What are you guys driving? So we're going to drive my 1976 K5 Blazer. Uh, <laughs> we've been working working on this car for a few years now. I think it'd be perfect to drive through, you know, the mount the Green Mountains there and across southern Vermont. Uh, we're, I'm going to tell them all about what we're doing with this amazing business at, at Hemmings. Uh, tell them about his wonderful three great grandchildren and um, talk cars. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. He's smiling down uh, at what you've become and your family and everything. That, But what a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. And you have taken us on a wonderful journey today, Jono. I really, really appreciate you taking time to spend with me. Before I let you go, could you share some parting words of inspiration or wisdom? Uh, I, I would say that, you know, uh, it's, it's a tendency of a lot of us in business to get completely wrapped up in business and and to not be able to divide business uh, you know from your personal life it, life is so much more than your job title the material goods or money you've got to focus on building great relationships with people because at the end of the day everything else can go away but those relationships with great people can remain and and from from the business aspect, I would say get comfortable with adversity. Uh, you know, this is this is something I read in a, in a book from David Goggins, have heard it from Joe Rogan on his podcast as well. When you come up against a difficult situation that tests your character, say good. Flip your mindset and, and say good. I want this challenge. I want to see who I am. I want to see how tough I can be. You just have to say good. Uh, that that would be my parting advice. You know, I just watched that segment again uh, about saying good and uh, oh, so true. Yeah. So when you find yourself in a tough situation, stop and say good. Now we got something to work on. So there you go. So the best way to, for people to learn more about Hemmings is obviously Hemmings.com. Am I right? That's right. Yep. Go to Hemmings.com. Come and see us uh, at one of our events uh, this year. Download the, the Marketplace app. And, uh, you know, true to the to digital transformation, our YouTube channel was launched last year. And we're releasing new videos on that every single week. So go check us out on the YouTube platform as well. Absolutely. I'll put all these links on uh, Jono's or Jonathan Shaw's show notes page here on the Cars Yow website. But again, they are easy to find. And I'll bet you everybody listening today knows the name Hemmings. And if for some reason you've drifted away, time to come back because there is a lot to see for sure. I want to do a quick shout out to Aaron and Abigail at Coin PR for bringing Jonathan to the show today. Thank you, ladies. Awesome. Really appreciate you. John O, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing some wonderful experiences with us. Until you and I talk again, I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I'll see you at a Hemmings event. How does that sound? That sounds great, Mark. Yep. Uh, I'd love to meet up. Uh, thank you so much to the Cars Yeah listeners. This is Mark. You're the hardest working man in podcasting four <laughs> times a week. I don't know how, how you do it. Uh, thrilled to be on here with you. And thank you so much for allowing me 
to share a little bit about myself and, and more importantly than me, share about Hemmings. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, as I said, I throttled back. I used to do five shows a week until this year. I decided to throttle back to four and my son said, gee, dad, all you did was lift into a corner and then press harder. But uh, <laughs> I have fun talking to people and people like you. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!